I swear to God, like if I have an alcoholic drink, it's like a D20 roll and I on a five or, or less, I my face turns bright red. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Nick Glover, Tim Wick, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we've got another Geeky Boners episode. We got all sorts of stuff to talk about, but we recorded this like two weeks ago, so I gotta be honest and say I don't remember what it was. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Hey, welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Nick Glover. I'm joined, as always, by my bonerific co-hosts, Tim Wick. And Molly Glover. I just want to point out that when you thought of the word bonerific co-hosts, that Tim was the first one who jumped into your mind. I know. It was a deliberate choice. <laughs> I, oh, fine. <laughs> fine. This is how I find out. <laughs> Nick's wedding if, ring is off right now. I just want to point yeah, that out. <laughs> if he'd said bon- if he'd said bonerlicious, then I think he should have picked you first. Well, I am very bonerlicious. Thank you, yeah. Tim. You're welcome. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell from our boner-centric <laughs> ramblings, uh, this is a geeky boners episode. Oh my god! If you are new to the podcast and you're wondering what the fuck is a boners episode, uh, so. For years now, uh, periodically we do an episode where we each talk about something that we're excited about right now. What is our our geeky boner? What is the thing in our life that has our nerd brain dicks too messant? Yeah, it's what gives nerd, us raging infections. Nerd brain dicks. I love that. Nerd yeah. brain dicks. Yeah, yeah. It's a, the hyphens between nerd and brain. It's our right. nerd brain. Dicks. Nerd brain dicks. Yes. Not okay. just yeah. nerd brain dick. No. No, that's weird. That's, that's... your medulla oblongata, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, medulla oblongata. It's the dick of the brain. Wow. <laughs> Molly? Yes. Let's start with you. What is your boner? Well, so my boner is a bunch of tiny little pricks. Aha. That's right. Oh, it's wow. needle oh. So I, uh, uh, so, okay. So this is a little bit of a story. Something like five years ago uh, for Christmas, I put on my, my Amazon wish list, uh, a needle felting kit and a tool, just like it was these cute little cats, little anime kawaii cats. And I thought, oh, this is really great. I'll do these. It looks like something I can do. And I didn't know how to needle felt, never had before. I just put them on my list because I thought maybe if someone buys them for me, I will do them. And lo and behold, I got them as a gift and I opened them up and the instructions were 100% in Japanese <laughs> and, uh, and uh, with pictures that were not helpful either. They were not, they were, you needed to read Japanese <laughs> to be able to understand what to do. And then besides that, it was a bag of, of pieces of wool and felt. And then I had this needle tool that I also discovered I needed a mat to use. And I didn't have any of that. I didn't have a mat and I didn't know how to read Japanese. And so I just put it away into this tote bag I have, which is where craft projects go to die. Uh, I have like six things in there. Uh, Fast forward (laughs) to this year, uh, FFG is still work from home. And since work from home, we have done this thing called wind down Fridays. Uh, It takes the place of what used to be our monthly cake day, which was uh, once a month we would, I'll stop work early, 
they'd have cake and the vegetable tray. And it was kind of like the, this is everyone's birthday for the month, you know, celebration. And we're all going to play games together and no one has to work. Like you just, you know, everyone just stops and has fun. So they started doing it instead, doing a once a month, uh, we all virtually hang out together, play games on, you know, tabletop simulator. We would play among us, you know, things like you can play together online. And then uh, uh, a few months ago, they started doing it as one of the things you could choose to do was craft channel. So you would join the team's chat with all the other people who were doing crafting. And a lot of them are doing minis painting. And a lot of people are doing, uh, you know, 3D print work or woodworking or whatever. And the very first one of these, I decided I would do another craft project, the Twerkbot, which uh, was this wooden robot that Nick got for me that is uh, like a like a snap together model of like 260 wooden pieces and a battery pack that made a robot that twerks. And I did that successfully. I am and I so like, glad that's what ha- that's what it did because calling something a twerk bot that didn't twerk would be right? a real disappointment. It would. Turns be, out I don't, it does math homework. Yeah, I think that would be against the law in America to sell. No, but so it does twerk, and I was very uh, chuffed on my own success. I was very pleased with myself, so I decided this time I was going to try to do the the Japanese needle felt cats and Google Translate app has this dope feature where you can use the camera and it will translate in real time anything that you hover the camera over. So I actually was able to read the instructions in Japanese. I mean, they were, you know, it's still, it's translated, so it's not like perfect, but it was, I could understand it. And so I made one of the little cats and then I made a second one and realized I could do the first one a lot better. But I, so I made these three little cats and we'll make, I'll send pictures to you, Tim, so you can put yeah, it in the show. Yeah, you should. You should. I want to use them for the picture for the episode. And so I kind of just like got super into it and I did them really well and they turned out really cute. And so then I found this uh, online instructions to make a little Shiba Inu. And Nick was like, man, if you had different colors, that would look like a peaches. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm going to make a peaches. So I totally, yep. I just, and those instructions were part of a kit you had to buy. So I just kind of looked at the picture and just kind of guessed based on, you know, like what, what I knew from my little bit of needle felting and I made a peaches and she's so cute. And she's about as long, as tall as a credit card. And uh, she has little tiny paws with little tiny paw pads and it worked out. So I really like it. And it's very, soothing because a a large part of needle felting is you, you take this like loose wool and you kind of wrap it into a tight little ball and then you stab it over and over with needles, just over and over. And it is, it's a nice stress release. Yeah. It's yeah. And so it's, you can do, um, I have a tool that does three needles at a time or one needle or two needles. It's like a, it twists apart and you can pull a needle out. And so you can do one needle. If you're doing like little fine work, like you're putting on eyes or whiskers, or you can do three needles because you're going to do an all over thing. And then you have to learn by doing kind of like if you are kind of really like chonking at it, like really like, you know, hammering it with the needles, or if you're doing very fine work where the needles are only going in a little bit. And uh, I'm still getting the hang of that, but you, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to fuck up, which is one of the other things I like about it. <laughs> uh, you just kind of, I mean, if it doesn't look right, you're just kind of like, okay, I guess I just add a little more on this side and just kind of keep going until it starts to look more accurate. So I don't know. It's really fun. I had a really good time doing it. I have a bunch of supplies now, so I might just start freehanding some more things and trying to make some more cute 
felt things. I found some ideas online for like, you know, like you can make the garlands and stuff because you can kind of make anything as long so as are the you needles don't are the funny. needles injecting color. Is that what they're doing? Or nope, they're just they're just needles. What they're doing is they're going into the fibers and they're making the fibers all stick together. Okay. So it's it's not injecting any color. All the color is already in the wool. So when I made the peaches, I basically had white wool. I had black wool. I had pink felt. I had blue felt for her eyes. And so you're just, you take it and you like wrap it up into a little thing and then you just stab it. So what all the needles are doing is like they're attaching uh, okay. the fibers together. So it kind of turns it into, um, it turns it into like a, a little ball or a little log or you can make flat sheets. Uh, it's pretty cool. I I was very hesitant at first because I'm like, you just, it just says stick it, just stick the needles in all over. I'm like, okay, like this <laughs> kind of did. I'm like, oh shit, it's holding together. Oh shit, it's turning into a ball. Oh shit, I think this is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it was very cool. So I'm not a very crafty person by nature. Uh, I'm not super artistic. I like to make stuff and I'm good at cooking and I'm, I can make serviceably cute things. Like, you know, I make the Villa awards a lot of the time and I can do a decent hand lettered sign, but like, I'm not like an Etsy seller and I'm not ever going to make a bunch of handmade gifts for Christmas for people necessarily, but this is fun. And it's something I like to do. And I can tell who on my friends list feels the need to monetize their hobbies because of who has been suggesting to me that I should start making them as a business uh-huh. and who is, who is like, oh, will you take orders? And it's like, no, you don't see. I just do this for fun. And if I have to be beholden to someone else, then it's not fun anymore. It's not fun, yeah. Because I don't care what it looks like. I just am excited that it looks like anything, you, you know. Can still so, make them as, as gifts for people. Or I something, can definitely right? make them yeah. as gifts for people. Yep. Yeah. And so as I get better and I feel more confident in my abilities, I might do that. But uh yeah, so again, bunch of little pricks in my hands getting shoved into soft things over and over. That's my boner, That's baby. That's really the perfect boner. Yeah, that's uh, Tim is is your boner also about stabbing uh, with pricks? <laughs> oh, I wish it was. Uh, I actually we were talking about our boners ahead of the episode and I've changed my mind about what my boner is. We actually uh, we've been watching Star Trek The Next Generation with my eldest, with Alex. He he has been interested in we were watching Discovery and he was like, oh, I want to watch classic Star Trek. And we're like, I will right, we'll show you like these three episodes of classic Trek because. Yeah. He's 22, and it's just it's too slow Oof. for a 22 year old. Um, too slow for a 40 year old over yeah. here. But uh, but we're like, all right, we'll we'll show you some of that. Then we'll watch Next Generation, and we watched mm-hmm. Next Generation up to season six, and we got to the point where uh, Deep Space Nine debuted in mm. season six, and we're like, let's skip over and watch like the first season of of. Uh, Deep Space Nine, and then go off and finish off Next Generation because there's stuff that's going to happen in Next Generation that is going to reflect back on Deep Space mm-hmm. Nine. Um, and, uh, you know, I've always said Deep Space Nine is, in my opinion, the best Trek series. Because uh, you're right. Because I'm right. But re-watching it now, especially after watching the first effectively five and a half seasons of next generation on which there are some really excellent episodes in next Mm -hmm. generation. But I remember thinking that deep space nine, the first, the first season is kind of, eh, and Mm -hmm. rewatching it. I also felt that way, which is why I didn't get much past the first half of the first season and rewatching it. uh, After rewatching most of next generation, it's not as, 
bad as I remember. Uh, hmm. There, there are some, there are some very sketchy episodes. But the thing about Deep Space Nine season one is it's like the first, the first bunch of episodes are all kind of establishing what they're doing and establishing characters, and sometimes yeah. it works and sometimes it doesn't. And uh, the last four episodes of the first season basically establish everything they're going to do for the rest of the series. Yeah. They, they establish the political climate. They establish some of the, some of the villains. They establish the political uh, s- system that is in the gamma quadrant that we don't really understand until that point that is going to become one of the biggest touchstones of the entire series. So it's been really great to get back into watching it again. Uh, and, admiring the acting on on that series which is actually better than the acting on on next gen and the acting on next gen is is super super solid so uh that's that's been my geeky boner is 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 watching deep space nine and remembering just how fucking good that series is what is alex thought of the deep space nine in comparison to the next gen in comparison to discovery he he really likes it i think we haven't really sat down and, and said, you know, what do you what do you think is is best? And we, of course, started out by going, all right, now the first season of Deep Space Nine's a little a little sketchy, a little a little difficult to get through. And uh, I think he thinks we're crazy now that that he's watching it because huh. there have been a lot of really solid episodes. Uh, nothing. Season five of Deep Space Nine has a not Deep Space Nine of Next Gen has probably at least half of the episodes that are considered some of the greatest of the series. Mm-hmm. There's like uh, the the I Borg episode, which is the episode where they they have the Borg character who gets disconnected from the collective and actually becomes an individual, which is fucking amazing. That's in season five of of Next Gen, so. You go from season five of Next Gen, which is so many really, really good episodes, into Deep Space Nine, where it is a little more of a series finding its footing. And a Star Trek series that is not mobile, that is taking place on a space station all the time. They are not going to new planets every episode. They are not... They're not... They they are encountering new species sometimes, but not nearly as often. Um... So they really didn't entirely know what they were doing. And you can tell that in the early going, but, but by the end of the season, it's like, Oh, they get it. And then in season two, they start out really strong. And then there's an episode we call the Brigadoon episode, which is literally a planet that is Brigadoon. And it is (laughs) probably the worst single episode of Star Trek outside Spock's brain on any Star Trek series. It is. It is. They don't, but they do uh, everything else. Would, it is. Would that make it better or worse? Probably better. Uh, the, <laughs> the fact that Star Trek does not have a musical episode is a failure on uh, the part of Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, even Buffy his, had a musical his, episode. Yeah, Come on. I mean, everybody, everybody's had a musical episode these it's days. Like something that would be rated home in Lower Decks. I mm. feel like I feel like there ought to be a musical episode in Lower Decks. There really yeah, should be. Sure. It's, it's a shame that that hasn't happened yet. But anyway, so my boner is just uh, rediscovering D- Deep Space Nine, um, getting getting excited to see some of these characters that when they show up for the first time, when Galdicott shows up the first time, and you're like, oh, 
Alex has no idea how how yeah. great this character is going to be later. Or Garrick, the tailor, yeah. the Cardassian tailor. Simple tailor. Yeah, who who over the course of the series just turns into such an amazing uh, nuanced character. And in the first couple episodes, you see him, you're like, eh, whatever. We're never going to see this dude again. Oh, yes, we will. He, um, he doesn't, uh, I, I mean, like, like Chief O'Brien really like super comes into his own yeah. in Deep Nine. Uh, in the beginning, Julian Bashir is such a like wimpy milk toast, like hitting Ega- on ladies guy. And then yeah, later on, he's ladies man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then they bring in Worf when next gen ups, when next gen ends, they bring in Worf and, uh, as good a job as they do with Worf on next gen, they, they, uh, really do amazing things with Worf when they bring him on to deep space nine. Um, they do, they, watching next gen, what's really interesting is they introduce the trill on next gen, right? There's one episode and I think season three with a, with a trill. And then in season five, there's a different character who has the trill makeup that we see in deep space nine on Jedzia Dax. But that, that, Alien is not a trill, but for whatever reason, between the creation of the trill in season three of Next Gen, this new alien species that has the the dots on their mm-hmm. on their neck and on their on their forehead, uh, they decided, well, that's what trill look like from now on. That <laughs> was then, in Discovery, right? Well, no, there wasn't a character. Uh, with the, there, the is a trill. there is yeah. a trill. There is a trill. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, well, and then there's. So it's two different species, right? It's the sim- symbionts and then it's the, the hosts, which the host. are their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but the thing that's interesting is looking at how they created the trill in next gen. And then when they bring them over to deep space nine, they completely change the trill yeah. and they, they come up with a new makeup for them and, and they, they basically were like, oh, hey, look at this cool species they used once in the original series or in, in next gen. What if we totally figured out what that society's like? Um, it's pretty cool. But they changed the way it looks because they look the same in Discovery with the dots and the between the, next but gen between and next gen and, and and Deep Space Nine. They gave the trill a completely new makeup. Which one is the what? one they use in Discovery? That's the only one. I'm the one ca- from DS Nine. The one from DS Nine with the dots. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. In the original hmm. trill episode in Next Gen, they don't have any special makeup on them at all. Oh. They just look like a regular person. That is very weird then if they're yeah. supposed to be an alien species, but they just look exactly like humans. From well, Earth. I mean, they do, but with makeup anyway now. Sure. So, but at least yeah. the makeup implies that there's something yeah. different about right. them, not yeah. just like, oh, that's just a human, but also he's different. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, it's on Paramount Plus if you're streaming. I totally recommend if you never, if you never gave DS9 a chance, you should. It's a good So good it sounds series. like. Tim's boner is boldly going where it's already been before. Nick, <laughs> boner like. Um, Describe it. It's girth. It's length. It's, it's uh, essence. It's easily divided up into many distinct containers based on, you know, different factors. Ooh. My 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 boner oh, is. So uh, last month, Molly and I celebrated one year in our house. Moved uh, back to Minneapolis, and. I've been kind of looking around like my office upstairs and some of the areas in the house. And it's like, okay, we've been here for a year. What are some things that have been kind of like set aside to do eventually that we should, you know, or I should just 
kind of fucking take care of because mm-hmm. we've been here for a year. We, we found that, you know, when we moved out of the last place we lived, which we were there for like 13 years, 12 years, 12 years. When we moved out, I literally found boxes that I had just like shoved into the basement or into storage when we moved in yes. that were <laughs> untouched in that entire time. And I went through them when we moved out. So I didn't want that to happen again. Um, no more garbage bags of photographs. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't in a box. They were in a garbage bag when we threw them away. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I did one of my favorite things ever and assembled some Ikea furniture and then customized the shit out of it to make it not look like it's right off the shelf from them and uh, put some stuff together in my office. And finally like went through and organized the huge stack of boxes of cables. And like, I'm a, I'm a electronics pack rat when it comes to, you know, HDMI cables and power cables and stuff like that. But it's so much better now than it ever was in my life oh, yeah. before. Absolutely. But there's still, you know, I've got to make sure you have one of everything just in case kind of thing. So I, um, all that's organized and looks great in my office, in my work area and tidied up my, my work desk and, and all that. Molly was saying that like, you know, if you were working in the office, you would take time out of your day while working to clean up your desk or to tidy up your area. And there just, might you know, be a day when managers are like, we're all going to clean the office today and try to get our spaces neat and deep. And so that kind of got me thinking that like, you know, I, I my desk is a, a fucking disaster and I need to, to organize it. And I, I made some good progress on that as well. And then um, I was like dicking around on Etsy or whatever, looking for, I can't remember something in particular. And the suggestions for Etsy, this is before the Etsy uh, boycott or strike that's happening right now, just for, for reference. Yeah. Um, Etsy algorithms just happened to show me a 3D printed uh, part to stick on the back of your KitchenAid mixer with like a 3M command strip that lets you wrap the ca- the power cable around it and then click it in so that it's not like a cable mess and we've just been leaving like a Velcro cable tie on ours. But I was like, Oh, cable organization. That's all oh, 3d printed <laughs> part. That's neat. And so I, I bought one of those and the same shop recommendation came up and it was like, Hey, you know, those uh, KitchenAid mixer attachments you have. Well, we make little uh, command strip attachable 3d printed hooks that you can stick to the bottom of like your cupboards or whatever and your KitchenAid attachments just kind of click and then twist into place the same way they mount on the mixer to hold them up above your counter with and so you don't have to like leave them in a pile somewhere or have them just sitting in the mixer bowl like digging things up and stuff and and so then my my whole world got opened to uh small but practical 3d printed organizational tools to improve your space and the next thing i i got was um like a a plastic like filament uh, a plastic 3d printed uh little like slides to hold Nespresso pods. So we had this organizer that was under our coffee machine that was a drawer that took up a lot of space. Got rid of it, stuck these things underside the, so of cool. our of our uh, cabinet areas, 
And now all our coffee is like kind of tucked up under there right above the coffee machine and just reorganized everything on our kitchen countertops. And it looks so much more open and uh, like there's more space to work and, and just tidier, easier to clean too. And so it's, I think it's like a part of it is, you know, we've been in the house for a year, time to evaluate how things are set up and, and where we've come along. Renew, renew. Yeah, what we've come, uh, <laughs> how we've come along on that. And another part of that is like the spring cleaning mm-hmm. instinct where um, if you're, if you're not from Minnesota, you might not know about our, the jokes we have about like false spring and third winter and that sort of thing. But at this point in the year, we've been teased with a couple of days that have gotten almost up to 60 degrees, almost 70, a couple of times, but, but also we've like had snow as recently as four or five days ago, It's going to be 22 degrees in a few days, 22 degrees in a couple of days with 45 mile an hour winds. Like we haven't had real spring yet. And so I think another so much for global warming. Uh, I think another part of this is like the spring cleaning is like the end of your cabin fever. Yeah, sure. Like working it out. Like, like I I've had to stay in this fucking space for six months and God damn it. Like I'm going to organize it and and Mm -hmm. kick up some dust or whatever, as we are able to then open the windows and go out into the world. So yeah, just been organizing. It's really satisfying to me. I, I'm not much of a cleaner, but I am a, a tidier and an organizer. I can Jenga shit around into place and, and Tetris things away really well. And you measured your spaces upstairs and yeah. you bought some stuff on, off Ikea that yeah. was like specific for that. And you got to like pick, oh, I want this finish on the outside with these legs and these knobs. And like yeah. it was it was just it's 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 both a little bit of a planning you know, it scratches that planner itch yeah. as well, but also like you get to organize for what you need. Like you, you knew you had a lot of, of, of loose cables and things. So that, that X divider was a perfect yeah. choice. You didn't need them to be in drawers, you know, and like just kind of coming up with uh, ways to, we went to the container store and spent like an hour looking to see if there was anything that would work to uh, organize the baking drawer. And we didn't find anything, but it, it felt good to be like thinking about it yeah. and you get the ruler out and you're like, Oh, yeah. this is an eight and a half inch tall jar this won't fit we only have room for eight and a quarter inches you know yeah uh, that's the sort of thing pat loves do you uh did you uh come up with any place to store all the allen wrenches you got with your ikea stuff (laughs) uh (laughs) everyone knows the natural habitat for allen wrenches is your kitchen junk drawer yeah that's the junk drawer Um, baby uh or or the cup on your desk that has pens in it Mm. it's also acceptable to throw a couple in there i'm a big fan of the garbage. Yeah. The garbage <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I save them. And let me tell you why it's because uh, I, I play a tunable boron uh, mm. uh. drags and the boron is, you need an Allen wrench to tune the boron and the Allen wrenches that come with your Ikea shit are the right size. Oh, see nice. now that's great. Cause then you can just throw, you can just throw like five or six in a pouch. Never have to worry about it. Uh, I, they're, they're all over the place. So anytime I need to do my boron, I'm, I'm no more than five feet away. I just leave them at random places around the twin cities. I go to on a regular basis. So I can just, yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I need to tune my boron. Don't worry. There's just an Allen wrench nearby. Just sticking them to the bottoms of tables at bars and stuff that yeah. you perform that. And then you can just start checking underneath and hope well, there, you don't there's, gum. there's gum there already. You just like yeah, stick right. it up into the gum. and yeah. Also a very funny Renaissance festival bit is to uh, put an Allen wrench on the ground and then start screaming for your friend Allen and see if anyone can find him and then go, oh, there he is and pick up the Allen wrench. And then that everyone is, will laugh very hard. And it's it, then you can just repeat that several times a day. That is a very funny Renaissance. 
Renaissance Festival a bit. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. know several people who used to work out there who have yes. done yes. that bit. Don't step on that. Don't step uh -huh. on that. Uh -huh. Don't step um, on Alan. If, <laughs> if, I, if I could have uh, a a part-time or side job that was strictly about um, a satisfying experience and a feeling of productivity that, you know, like if I wasn't worried about money at all and I was just worried about keeping busy, I would, I would assemble Ikea furniture. You can be a task rabbit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I know, but. And just go assemble Ikea furniture for it's, people. It sounds, it sounds terrible that. I think Ikea that, hires people to yeah, go do I, it. I don't know. I like, <laughs> I, but then I it's official job. You know, I'm well, just saying like, but if that's you on top of working a full-time job. But if you ever don't need to work a full-time yeah, job, right. like, you know, like that's just good to keep in your back yes, pocket. That's my, I win the lottery that I don't play. Or that's, uh, that's your retirement it, job. Right. Your yes, right. You're like, cool. I've got yeah. enough money. I've got enough money to retire, live out, live out my life in luxury and assembly IKEA furniture. Yeah. Oh, it's Tim, I'm a millennial. I mean, we don't get to retire. I know. Or I know. live out our lives. <laughs> I'm, I'm, right, right. I'm, I'm Gen X. I don't get to retire either. Don't the, the climate apocalypse will happen before it. I get to retire. But but yeah, I mean that that is right exactly like a retirement job. Just yeah. assembling uh, flat pack furniture would be fucking great. The difference right. between millennials and Gen X is the that we all know that we're not going to get to retire. It's just that Gen X doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> we just we're just like whatever. Uh, Nothing matters. Uh, be a, there's going to be a nuke. <laughs> life life is pain. I'm going to get uh, a shirt that says "I was promised nuclear war." <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, a few months ago, we unveiled a uh, new five questions five for our questions. listeners to send in their answers to. Five questions. And, uh, and uh, one or two of you have done that. Uh, it's it's probably more like three, I think. It's two but, or three. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we so, just don't have listeners anymore. Maybe we're just shouting into the void at this point. I, our, then there's a lot of robots that are downloading MP3s from our website and fooling Google Analytics. If we're so shouting into robots. the void. If we're shouting into the void, the void better answer our five fucking questions. God damn it, void. Come on. Um, so luckily we have five questions that were sent in by a listener, right? That's right. Uh, our old and good friend, Sinjin, uh, who oh, has right. many sets of five questions, uh, wrote to us literally, I think it was like the day after we had yeah. revealed the new questions uh, and said, I'm behind a bunch of episodes due to lots of meetings at work, so I can't listen to podcasts. And I'm hoping you're still doing five questions and send us five questions. Hey, and, and so we will great. keep if, if, if we have to, we'll keep doing five questions. But well, of course. <laughs> we want to do five questions. But we love five but y'all weren't sending those in that often either. So, so here's the yeah. thing. <laughs> what people don't realize is that the five questions is this podcast's picture of Dorian Gray. And and you don't you don't see us age and you don't see us miss a week, but that's because we're we're getting yeah. five five questions. Yeah, can't can't guarantee in. we won't that we won't not miss a week if we don't get yeah. five questions. Oh no! Oh, it's it's a nice think. podcast regularity here. It'd be a shame if something happened to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here are Sinjin's questions. Question one: What would your professional drag name be? Let's just say you can assume that whatever name you come up with is yours and no one else already has it. So oh, what would your uh, professional God. drag name be? Uh, it, it, it would be the same as my uh, burlesque name, which is Cookie Buckets. That's a very good. That's a very good <laughs> name. Cookie Buckets. Oh, uh, gosh. Oh 
I think we, did, we didn't I think talk my, about these ahead of time, so I have no. We didn't. Uh, my professional drag name would be Mr. Mistopheles. <laughs> all right, that's what I'm right. going to go with. Yeah, because uh, I can't think of a good drag king name. Basically, the guy from uh, Needful Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would maybe it would be like. Yeah, I would come up with some way to make it very punny, uh, like some kind sure. of cat merkin. <laughs> oh, uh, I think uh, I was just uh, just at, at Disney World this last week, and uh, they have a new Dole Whip shop in uh, Disney Springs, and their their one of their flavors is habanero lime Dole Whip, which is fucking amazing. So mm. I think that my uh, drag name is going to be habanero lime Dole Whip. All right. That was right. Uh, Cookie Buckets is from, I think Molly and I were like wandering through a Trader Joe's like five years <laughs> yeah. ago. Yeah. And they had a sign up for Cookie Buckets on sale. And it just said Cookie Buckets, $5. And I was like, Cookie Buckets? That's a that's a good burlesque thing. It like, that's it. it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Dips. Yep. My burlesque name is Candy Buttons. <laughs> 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 All right. Question two, what would your signature song be with your professional drag career? What would your signature song be for Cookie Buckets, the signature song for Habanero Lime Dole Whip, and the signature <laughs> song for Mr. Mistopheles? I've, 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 always assumed, song, I've always assumed that if I was a drag performer, I would be performing to, uh, to Lady Gaga. So I think I'm going to have to go with Poker Face. Mm-hmm. Because that's mm-hmm. a really fun song to lip sync. Pop 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 poker face. That's true. That's true. Yeah. The 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 illustrious Mr. Mistopheles is going to do a very sexy dance and lip sync routine to the morphine song "Honey White," which is all about a very dangerous man who tempts you with sweetness. It's heroin. It's it's a very it's a thinly veiled reference to heroin. Oh. I'm coming up with all this on the fly. It's not going to be good. I, yeah. We did not look at these ahead of time because we're geniuses and professionals. Nick, what would your sig- what would Cookie Bucket's signature song be? So uh, it would be the specifically the me first in the gimme gimme's are we not men? We are diva mm. cover of uh, Paula Abdul's straight up. You know, it's funny you say that because I almost chose the Paula Abdul and MC Scat Cat uh, oh, uh, opposite, opposite track. to track, oh. but then I realized I couldn't do a duet. <laughs> right? No, mm, that's 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 yeah. an amazing coincidence. Right. Like that. It's a good Straight song, up, but it it's like a more up, upbeat mm-hmm, kind of punk mm-hmm. rockety version. And... Cookie Buckets is going to be really moving her moving her stuff. Yeah, like she's well, going to be hauling her freight back shaking. and forth across that stage. She's going to be shaking her chips. She's a consummate <laughs> professional. <laughs> All right, uh, question three. Say you were an OnlyFans creator. What would your OnlyFans username be? What's your oh, OnlyFans name oh, going to be? Shit, I know. And I, I, and this is not like this is no judgment of OnlyFans, but I've spent zero time on OnlyFans, so Same. I don't even yeah. know what what a standard OnlyFans username is. Oh, I don't either. So, is this the slash URL? Is let's that the same the, as the username? Is it like Twitter? Or? It just says, what would your name be? So let's say that's it's, it's your, it's your URL. Yeah. yeah, it's what's, what's okay. your page I don't know name. If it's, yeah. Mine's going to be itty bitty titty committee. Guess what's going to have on it? It's not going to be my tits. It's going to be little teeny kitty tits. I'm going to oh, find. Nice. Itty bitty kitty titty? Itty bitty kitty titty committee. Nice. <laughs> Mine's gonna uh, be uh, what what my standard online name is, but it actually works. I think for OnlyFans, uh, it would be Pet Snake Reggie. 
And guys are going to be really hoping to see you stroking yourself up, yes. but you're just going to be petting snakes. Yeah, I'm just going to be petting <laughs> snakes. Actually, I'll just be quoting Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, <laughs> while jerking off. <laughs> while jerking. <laughs> uh, mine, mine will be a uh, 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 tasteful boudoir uh, photos, but it is uh, it's her her suitor, like Ooh. like like her suit, but suitor. Nice. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's that's All much right. more clever than mine. So I give you full props. Question four: What's the most flattering compliment you've ever gotten? most flattering wow. compliment you've ever gotten. Wow. I mean, it's like, I can't remember in words. Most, yeah. Most flattering is really, I think it doesn't have to be, if you can't remember the words, just what was the, the gist, right? What was the, what was the situation? Uh, honestly, for me, it was, uh, so I've been going to convergence since 2001, not quite the beginning, but pretty goddamn close. And uh, for me, it was uh, overhearing somebody say, oh, my God, that's Molly Glover. <laughs> and someone else goes, oh, my God, no way. I love her. And not wanting to come up to me or see me. But like that that moment of like You're it feeling, and it being like these are just some these are just some kids who for them, they just go to convergence. Sure. And it's, a, and it's a, you know, and like. And just felt very like, oh my God, that I just, it was, it was a huge moment for me. That, that yeah. felt great. That felt great. All the other compliments I can come up with are things that I think people probably didn't realize were backhanded. <laughs> <laughs> like someone after one of my uh, friend shows saying like, wow, you're actually really good at acting. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't like the way that came out. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I can recall uh, being at OmegaCon and waiting in line for something, pardon me, and the person behind me in lines just like kind of catching my attention and going, wow, you have like really nice calves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, 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 and like just as a natural response, like went up on my on my toes to like flex oh, my, yeah, my calves does. a little and, and back down. I was like, oh, thanks. And they're just like, yeah. Yeah, like, they're really good. You I was just like, all right, calves. well, that's you're that, very un unexpected. Thank you. I mean, all right. I'm, I'm, you got very, you got very good legs. You got well, sexy shirts, everything, but yeah. shirt season coming up. Mm -hmm. So keep oh, I know. Out. Yeah, there you go. I um, I guess I can. The be the one thing that that kind of you know like made a difference to me was there was this period a couple of years ago where I kept getting asked to sing at funerals, um, mm -hmm. and and uh, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm okay with singing at funerals, but it's like you want the moment to be about the person, the 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 funeral, and not anything else. But there was one of the funerals where I sang "Parting Glass," where somebody told me just how great it was that I did that and how it sounded really good, and, and, and that it had respected the moment, and and that felt really good. It felt yeah. like I had I had done the right thing at the right time, you know. Yeah. So absolutely, especially in a fraught situation where you're not sure if it's going to, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, is this going to, I hope everyone likes this song. Right. You know? like, right. yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, it's not about me. Right. Who gives a right. fuck? Who gives a fuck how I feel about this song? But I don't want to, I don't want to tank the song when, <laughs> when I'm singing right. it at somebody's funeral. Yeah. Yeah, right. absolutely. So, okay. Anyway. And question five, question five, what do you do when you have insomnia to try to get rest? 
And I would say you can interpret this however you want. You can interpret this as how to go to sleep or just how to feel more rested when you can't sleep. Or what do you, what do you do when you have insomnia to try to get rest? I, uh, I close my eyes and pretend to be asleep Mm -hmm. because sometimes it it works and just your brain just is like, Oh shit, I guess we're asleep. Mm-hmm. And then you you fall asleep, or you get so bored with pretending to be asleep that you just kind of fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Tim, what do you do when you have insomnia? Do you ever get insomnia? Um, yes, I do. I get morning insomnia. Uh, I can fall asleep with no problem at night, but sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and then I can't get back to sleep. I have the same thing. Um, and uh, my therapist actually gave me the advice that you know. You want to make your bed be a place where you sleep and you want to make other parts of your house a place where you do other things. Mm-hmm. So if I decide that I cannot get back to sleep, I will actually get out of bed. I'll go downstairs yep. um, and watch something or play on my phone or whatever. Uh, and actually that tends to, you know, it may take about an hour, but I tend to get back to the point that I'm tired enough that I can go back and go to sleep. And it usually works better than trying to lay in bed and force myself to fall back to back asleep. I can spend a couple, three hours just being frustrated my, with myself that I can't fall back asleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I have had sleeping problems my whole life, my whole life. Uh, but uh, all kinds of insomnia, like the early waking, the, the can't fall asleep kind. But what I like to do is uh, lay in bed and tighten every single muscle in my body as, as hard as I can tighten every single muscle in my body. And then uh, release them one by one. So first your toes and then your feet and then your ankles and then your knees and then your thighs and then your hips. And you just, and you keep everything else as tight as you can. And that, and that like slow draining sensation that will happen can really help. Uh, I also do a lot. I'll do what Nick does. I'll just lay with my eyes closed in a dark room and, uh, do something as boring as I can, like, uh, counting, just count up, and try to visualize the number as like a, as a physical thing in my, in front of my vision, which my eyes are closed. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I uh, have a, I have a hard time with racing thoughts where like my thoughts just start yeah. to like circle. And I used to, I don't have, I haven't had it for a long time, but I, I had this thing happen all the time when I was a, a kid and a teenager where the best way I can describe it is when I closed my eyes, it felt like my head was full, like like you were looking at an attic full of junk, like completely crammed full of junk and you, you can't, you can see through it, but you can't get into it, you know? And it's weird because like, I thought that was just how my brain was and I don't have it anymore Mm. that often. Something it got, it got, it's gotten better as I've gotten older. So that the thing about insomnia is uh, uh, literally the only thing that will work for you is the thing that eventually works for you. Yeah. (laughs) What works for other people is probably not going to work for you, but I, I will agree with the using the bed for sleeping. You know, we try not to read in bed or eat in bed. We don't have a TV in our bedroom. We, the bedroom is for sleeping and, and, and laying in in the morning. Right. And just being, being chill, you know, but not, not watching stuff. And that can help a lot. But that doesn't really work if you are sharing a space with other people. Like when I was a roommate, I had a TV in my bedroom because right. that was right. the only place I could watch TV on my own. Yeah. 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 Uh, thank you so much, Sinjin. Hey, listeners out there. You heard us begging for your your answers a few minutes ago. We're not proud. 
but just to to put a, a give offer you the carrot here, uh, if you send us your answers to our five questions along with your address, we will mail you a Geeks Without God vinyl sticker. No matter where you live. No matter where you live. It's just a like a three-inch, perfectly round circle with our, our uh, rainbow logo in there. And uh, we, we have a stack of those left, and we'll send you one if you send us your answers. Send them to questions at geekswithoutgod.com. That's five, the number five, or five, F-I-V-E. We're clever enough to have figured it to work both ways. Um, Otherwise, you know, uh, you can always support us on Patreon. If if you're a patron, we'll bump your answers to the top of our super lengthy and exclusive list uh, that we have right now. Uh, Another benefit of being a patron is you get to listen to all these episodes early, sometimes uh, weeks early. Um, If when our lives get busy and we have like performances or, or work stuff we will often record a couple episodes in an evening and sometimes we'll do that two weeks in a row to get ahead of things. And all of a sudden you could be hopping onto Patreon and seeing that the RSS feed has updated and suddenly you have four weeks of geeks without God episodes to, to binge ahead of you. So um, just to, and you know, you, that money goes to support our, our hosting. Uh, we got a new soundboard uh, to like a little mixer which has been great so far. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's a way to show us your, your appreciation and love. Who doesn't love money? I, also, I, sorry. Also, uh, we have a new $1 patron, do we? Oh, Amanda yeah, we do. Greenheart, yeah. our guest on our unions episode. Yeah. Which just went uh, up the day we're recording now. So it did. Right. And uh, yeah. Amanda is great. Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. Yeah. Thanks, Amanda. Uh, she gets to hear uh, these episodes early. Lucky her uh, and lucky you, hopefully. And uh, lucky you because next week we'll be back with another episode. Almost 10 years of not missing a week. Damn right. We're we're that God good. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Ooh, hey, whatever we talked about was like super interesting, right? We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging and listen to past podcasts at geekswithoutgod.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at geekswithoutgod. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. I remember when, well, whatever, it doesn't matter.